welcome to the AFS Exchange. I'm Kate Mulvihill. In honor of the 75th anniversary of AFS, founded in 1947, we will be releasing four episodes this month. That's four times the stories of the impact AFS has had on the lives of its participants over the years. And yes, if we think about 75 years of AFS Exchange students and host families, volunteers, sending families, that's a lot of people. There's also the friends that students make while on program, their connections with their teachers and other members of their community. How many lives have been affected by AFS at this point? Really, it's, it's in the millions. I can't get more exact than that because there really is no way to measure it. But I'm glad that I get to hear a few of them and share them with you. So what's the goal of AFS? It's passing peace forward. AFS empowers people to become globally engaged citizens by delivering meaningful intercultural experiences. AFSers help create a more just and peaceful world, and they've been doing it for 75 years now. Hello, can you hear me? Hey! Hi! How's it going? Hi! Hi! I don't want, I, I want to say good morning, but it's not, it's not morning. Good evening. Hello. How, how was your day? It's great. How's your day? So to kick off this month of stories, I'm sharing an interview with Fen Namwat from Thailand. I guess we can get started. Could you please introduce yourself and tell me where you're from? Hello. Uh, hi, my name is Fen. Uh, I'm from Thailand. Fen came to the U.S. in fall of 2016. Actually, the day we talked, it was almost a special anniversary for him. We spoke two days before his six-year anniversary of departing Bangkok, Thailand for Houston, Texas. That is three flights. Now we're, we're recording this podcast. So this is sort of like um, a memorable moment to look back. So um, I'm glad to be joining you here today at our interview. Fenn was placed in Sugarland, Texas. And what did he know about Texas before coming on program? <laughs> cowboys. Um, cowboys for sure. And um, I think that's the, that's the main thing that I thought about. Okay. Did you ride a horse at all while you were there? No, no but I went to see the rodeos and the, no, not the rodeos. It's like, I went to the ranch and stuff. So basically I saw people with, you know, the horses and stuff. You never ended up riding a horse to school. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I okay. think that's going against the health insurance policy. Of oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. And so what was your, um, what was your first impressions of the United States and of Texas when you got here? Like, what do you remember feeling right away? Right. Um, I, I was in Fort Bend County and Fort Bend County is considered to be one of the most diverse counties in the United States. I'd say top 10. I don't know what's right now, but that's what sort of gave me a real picture on how diverse America is. So, yes, Sugarland is in Fort Bend County, which is one of the 10 most ethnically diverse counties in the United States as of the 2020 census. What does that mean? Fort Bend County comes closer than almost any other county to having an equal division among the nation's four major ethnic communities, Asian, Black, Latino, and white residents. Every AFSer's experience is going to be different. Students coming to the United States aren't able to pick which city or state they're going to live in. Are there many students who apply to AFS USA with hopes of getting placed in New York City or Los Angeles? Yes, there are. But that's not where most AFS students end up spending their exchange year. They live with families in Texas, Arizona, Wisconsin, Maine, Pennsylvania, and pretty much every other U.S. state, including Alaska. 
AFS students could be placed in small towns with not a lot of racial and ethnic diversity. In these cases, they may stand out more as the exchange student. AFS students could also be placed in highly diverse areas where they might fly under the radar a bit more. In addition to not standing out as the exchange student when he was walking down the hallways, Fenn's good accent in English was also sort of a hindrance at first. Your English is very good. You you speak very, very well. I don't know how much of that is AFS, but you, you speak very, very well, just to say. Thank you. And one thing I want to say is that was what made my exchange year very hard. Now, this might sound this might sound weird, but that's the truth, because when I talked to my coordinator, they said, Fen, you need to tell other people that you're an exchange student because they can't distinguish you among other people. When they don't know you're an exchange student, they start giving you assignments. They start they start treating you like like native speaking people. But that's the problem, because my vocabulary was bad. I, I, I didn't learn like. English for a very long time. So that's basically a challenge for me to, to sort of adapt. You know, I think that I had challenges in my own ways. And also other exchange students also had their challenges in their own ways as well. Hmm. So as you were talking about how Houston and its area was so diverse, you're saying that you were kind of read as you'd been here for years and years and years, you didn't just get off a plane. So it was making the distinction between no, my family lives here now versus I just got here. That's right. And that's the challenge. That's right. Okay. Were there a lot of other exchange students in your area? Yes, there were exchange students in, in Houston. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say more, more than 20, actually. More than 20. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good size. What sorts of activities would you do together? Well, during that time, it was before COVID, and a lot of things now can be Zoom, right? But okay, back then we would have to travel. But that was the that was the that was the highlight because physical proximity is very very you know intimate. You know you 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 meet with people physically. You engage with their activities. Uh, for example, like AFS used to have like a gathering, just like a dinner gathering, uh, Halloween party, Christmas party. Um, that was. That was what, you know, what made all the exchange students come together. And I think that's the highlight for an exchange student is that you get to know your friends. We are different from other people, like in our schools, because we come to America alone, you know, without our natural parents. And we're like, what, 16, 17, 18. So I think, you know, coming from that sort of start, gives you an understanding of how your friends are. Because when you, you're going to go through the stage where they say, you know, you're going to be homesick during Christmas. You want to go back home. You miss your parents. You miss your dog. You miss your cat. But the only person or the person who would understand your situation, it would be, you know, your friends who came from another country. Or if your host parents was a former exchange student, that would also help. Fenn spent a lot of time actively reflecting on his program and how it was going while he was still in Texas. Every day, he would walk his host family's dog and use that time to process how he was feeling. Going on an exchange really gave me time to reflect on myself. Uh, For example, um, in Thailand, I'm a very active person, but as soon as I went to America, number one, your natural parents is not with you. And, you know, number two is your acquaintances, like your friends from middle school or from primary school, there's no one there. It's basically like you starting over in this 
different community. So my host family had a dog and I was very attached to, to that dog. And I would walk her every evening. And I would say that was what really changed my life. I come from the capital city. So it's very crowded. It's very, a lot of things are going on, but there where I stay, it's very, it's tranquil, it's peace, it's calm. So the more you do that, the more you have, you know, there's thoughts flowing into your mind, like, oh my gosh, I've been here for like five months already. I'm going back soon. What should I do with my friends? You know, there's that thought process of you growing to, to be like, that stronger version of yourself or a better version of yourself, because, you know, at some point you're going to look back and you're going to be so proud that, Oh, you've done this, you've done that. You know, you've made a lot of valuable connections. You have a place in the hearts of the people, you know, and then that weird place will start to become like your home. You're going to feel attached. And then that was, and saying goodbye was what made me really stronger because my, my host mom, she said, transition happens all the time in life. You just have to accept it, you know? And I learned from that, like nothing's permanent, everything changes. And that was my cycle of life as an exchange student. So really just walking the dog every evening really had that thought process flowing. And then, you know, it sort of gave me a, a life philosophy, I'd say. So yeah, that was, that was one thing that I don't think I would get in Thailand. no. Fenn mentioned three of the key skills he took away from his time on program. Critical thinking, engaging with his community, wherever that may be, and learning to be with himself. He shared with me that a big highlight for him was dinner conversations with his host families. Through his program, he had three different host families, which gave him a more well-rounded picture of what an American family can look like. Number one is critical thinking, I guess, because like I said, engaging in dinner conversations with your host family was really brain exercise, a brain exercise. Um, I think that, sure, you could engage in sports, you could do that. I mean, that that's also good. I mean, every single person has their own uh, favorite activities, you know. For me, I thought that really learning with the people close to you, you know, people who you're staying with, how, what are they, what are their thoughts? What do they think? You know, like, share me about your life experience, you know, and try to challenge your thoughts. Like, how do you know this thing is right? What is right? What is wrong? How do you know that thing is wrong? You know, th- those questions that sort of, that you can pick up when you engage in conversations with them. So I think critical thinking really sort of shaped, you know, I, I, I learned a lot from that. And number two, engaging with members of his new community. See, me coming from an Asian background, and I could say this on behalf of I'd say a lot of Asian people is that we don't talk to strangers. Like we don't walk and then see a stranger and say, hi, how are you? Um, Hi, how was your day? And then just walk away. And especially me coming from a capital city, like you don't, you don't get that because everybody's just too busy doing their stuff, going to work, getting back home, going through traffic. So, so I don't, you know, it's very, very different when you go there. You see how open the people are. You see how engaged of the community, you know. So um, so that's what's sort of like uh, what I perceive when I live in the United States, um, how open the communications are. And I think that really helped me to, to come back when I, you know, I, I was in college for four years. So basically, when I was at my dorm, I engaged with you know, the street food vendors that I had for four years, 
the barber, the dorm security, like you don't, you don't see people do that. You don't see people talk to strangers that much. But as soon as I learned and picked up how to engage with the community, I don't think it hurts to just, you know, say hi or like, how was your day? Or like, are you happy? Or, you know, talk about life, talk about the rain, whatever. So I think that sort of changed how I was. Um, And one of the things that I wanted to, to talk on this podcast was that, see, when you come on an exchange, every single day counts because you're here for a limited amount of time. And and I'd say this, that you're a representative of your country because you're basically coming from another country and you, you should engage with the people you know. So I always put my days 200%. That means if I had to do something 100%, I do it 200. And by this, I mean like engage with the people, go to do stuff, you know, just be that super active exchange student so that when you go back, you wouldn't regret the things that you didn't do. And three, how to be with himself, prioritize himself and be responsible. When you're on an exchange, it's survival. For me, it's survival. You have to survive throughout the program. So you think about yourself like, okay, I don't want to break the rules, okay? My friend's inviting me to a party. Should I go? Would there be anything that should be a yellow flag, red flag? Or, you know, you you sort of care more about yourself, you know, in a way that you've never thought about it before. Because, like, back in Thailand, you could basically do this and do that, but then you, you didn't think about yourself because life responsibilities was different. So when AFSers are talking about breaking the rules, they're usually referring to the big three AFS rules that are underlined at orientations. No drugs, no driving, and no hitchhiking. Yes, these have been around for a while, and yes, some do get broken more frequently than others. For Fen, it was a priority to leave a good impression on his host community. Now when you're on exchange, you have to sort of carry out your whole life through the end of the program, go back home safely, but at the same time, leave a good impression to your host family, leave a good impression to your school, to your community, belong to that community so that one day when you come back, which I did because I went back before I, before I joined work, yes, and I, I did return back five years after, everything was the same, you know, like I, I, I knew that when I returned, I performed so well that I had a place in their hearts. You know, people came from other cities to visit me and stuff like that. So I think that was what really shaped me to be the person of who I am today. So you have been back. So can you talk a little bit about that? So you've been back to Texas. I knew from the day I left that this is not permanent. I'm going to come back. Like I am going to come back. I just don't know when. But I had to go through college for sure. I had to study. I went through law school and stuff like that and did all that. And I figured, you know what? After I graduate, if I jump into work, I'm not going to have time to do all of this stuff. So I decided that, okay, I'm going to go back to the States, which I did. So I went back and my host family told me, was it really five years? Because it felt like only two. And I'm like, hmm, you do have a point because... Time went by really fast, you know, five years. And um, as soon as I went back, and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't feel anything different. I mean, like, sure, I'm more adult now. Um, I'm above 21. I can drink. Yeah. But, but the people there, the community, even the teachers, they're still there. 
So going back to see them again was very heartwarming to me. Mm -hmm. So the skills Sven picked up, critical thinking, engaging with his community in Houston and the other exchange students, and how to reflect and be with himself while on program. So what advice do you have for other students from Thailand or elsewhere considering coming to the U.S.? And if they're worried, what advice would you give them? I never thought that going to America was going to be very challenging for me, especially during the beginning. So I don't know how it's like for other people, but I think as Asians, we are very family oriented. Like we have a lot of respect for elders. I'm not saying that other people don't, but I'm just giving you a picture that coming from an Asian background has a lot of attachments in terms of the family. I could say they're polite, they're respective. That's the challenge for a lot of Asian kids to go abroad because the, the mentality is different, you know, like to, to let your kid go abroad alone, that's just not, I don't think that's a typical thing an ordinary Asian parent would do because there's always memes on the internet. Like when a kid wants to go out, their Asian mom going to be like, who are you going with? When are you going to come back? You know, don't come back late, you know, always be this, be that. So, so there's basically that sort of, that sort of vibe, <laughs> I guess. It was tough being away from his family, his friends in Thailand, and his Thai friends doing AFS programs in different parts of the world. Then needed to rely on himself, but also the exchange students on program in the U.S. with him. This group really helped him get through his exchange here. And that's the challenge, because when you go to another country, not saying in America, but I could say in any other country, when you're feeling down with something, you're feeling depressed, they're asleep. They're, it's 4 a.m. in Thailand. You can't call them. Even you can't call your parents, you know, because they're asleep. So who are you going to rely with? It's basically your friends. So what I want to give advice is that it's a life chapter. It's a life event. And, and there will be struggles in, in, during the, the program. That, that's for sure. But no one forced you to join the program. You volunteered to join it. So if you're going to back down and blame all this stuff, I'd ask, I would say you have to ask yourself first, like, why did you choose to come on an exchange program in the first place? Life is not always like in the movies. You're not going to be that, oh, like that typical celebrity girl and all this stuff like that. Every single people have different experiences throughout their program. 50 states, 50 experiences or more. You know, one state, there's so many cities because there's so many things for you to, to explore. So Got to keep an open mind to, to the, the things that will occur. Sometimes you might do things that you don't like. Sometimes you're going to miss home a lot. But I think that's uh, what makes you stronger. And that, what, that is what makes you become a better person of who you will be. What they say is an exchange year is not a year in a life, but it's a life in a year. Now, that word, there's a problem with that, is because when you say it's a life in a year, when the year ends, you're going to feel so hurt. You know, you're so tormented because you're leaving. You're leaving your, your host country, and now you feel like it's home because the whole life was in one year, and that's true. So for me, in order to deal with it is accept the change, like you're going through that transition period, just like what my host mother said, transition happens all the time in life. So that life in a year 
would shape the person of who you will be in the years ahead. So the exchange year is a foundation that I would say that would shape you to be a better person of who you are for the days ahead. So Fen's advice for students considering doing an AFS program? First, ask yourself why you want to go on exchange. Second, keep an open mind and try new things. And third, accept that things will change. You've left your home country to come to the U.S. That's a huge change. And then after nearly a year of living in a new community, forming connections, you'll go back home. That is also a change. So see the year as a learning experience and accept that transition is a part of that. Oh, and lastly, remember that your decisions have consequences. I, and, and I encourage them to, to, to take that opportunity because you will not get that experience of being a 16 to 18 year old going abroad alone and then know that your decisions have consequences, not good or bad, but I'm saying in general, in neutral, that they have consequences. That, that is the foundation that I would encourage exchange or future exchange students to participate in. And then I asked Fen about some of the positive consequences of intercultural exchange. Why would you say that uh, intercultural exchange is important? I think that now the world is more connected than ever, even more connected than back when I was an exchange student in 2016. We have Zoom now, but that doesn't mean physical proximity doesn't matter. It does. So that's why I think now is a very critical and challenging moment for all exchange students more than ever, because we can't learn about other culture just on the YouTube or reading books. Sure, it gives you a perspective on one aspect. But like I said earlier, physical proximity, engaging with with that exchange student, you know, that's just a unique experience. And that's what I what I would encourage host families to open their doors to accept exchange students to their house. You know, um, when I left my host family, uh, my, my host mom, she wrote me a letter and she said, and I still remember her words, is that we thank you for being here. You have been a blessing to us and our family, and we owe you a huge hug and huge thanks for your time being here. That's the farewell note she wrote to me. And that, that wording was very touching. Intercultural is not just about the society as a whole, but I think it's about intimacy. You know, the people you know, connecting with them. I don't think you would have to be that exchange student and change the world. That's just too difficult. But let's start from something simple. Start changing from the people around you. Be that person where they're like, oh, I knew this boy or this girl who she was or he was on an AFS exchange program. He came from Colombia. He came from Chile. He came from Argentina. And that really, really changed the way I look towards this country, that country. I think that's the practical thing you can do rather than giving buzzwords like we have to change the world. Okay, how? Okay, for me, I'd say start by changing the communities around you, the people who are close to you. So intercultural exchange is more about intimacy than single-handedly changing the world. Yes, I would say that would be a lot of pressure for a teenager or anyone to put on themselves. How about starting by passing peace forward in your community, engaging with people from different backgrounds than you, opening yourself up to seeing the world in a different way? 
Ben is a great example of this, and I really enjoyed talking with him. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. And that was Sven Namwat, an AFS exchange student from Thailand who spent the 2016-2017 school year in Sugarland, Texas. Ben is now working as a lawyer for a law firm in Bangkok. So, fun fact, Fen is actually the furthest interview I've conducted. I'm in Brooklyn, New York, and he's in Bangkok, Thailand. So about 8,600 miles or 14,000 kilometers apart. But oddly enough, he is also one of the only guests I've ever met in person. It was just five and a half years ago, before the idea of an AFS podcast was even thought of. A local staff member got him in touch with me, and I gave him a tour around the AFS USA office. On AFS USA's Instagram, you can see a picture from 2017 when I gave Fen a tour and another pic I snapped while recording this interview. Well, thank you for listening to the AFS Exchange. I'm Kate Malvahill. Remember, in honor of the 75th anniversary of AFS, we'll be releasing four episodes this month. That's four times the stories of the impact AFS has had on the lives of its participants over the years. Let us know what you thought of this episode by sending a message to podcast at AFSUSA.org. You can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can subscribe there as well. Season two of the AFS Exchange will bring you conversations with hosted students, educators, host families, volunteers, and more. This podcast was created by Kate Malvahill. Social media by Julie Ball. Editing support by Nina Gollin.